College Church. Here are the announcements. Welcome, uh, welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. We are now using Linktree. This allows us to connect to all online information about our church, the givings of tithes and offerings, along with our social media platforms, all in one place. When you scan the QR code located in the worship guide with your phone's camera, you get a short link. One click navigates to a webpage with the list of every link that you would need concerning our church. If you are a guest today, welcome. We ask that you scan the QR code and click on the link provided for at TVCHSB. Then click on the menu item for the first-time guest. At the Village Church, we believe that giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. We may give to the vision and mission of the church by scanning the QR code located in the worship guide and using the menu item entitled TVC Giving. This will direct you to the link on our webpage, or you may mail a check to our address. Or after the service, you may drop your offering off in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Today, SEC After Worship Service, Sunday equipping classes consist of first steps, village kids, youth, and adult sermon discussion. Afterwards, the Goodson Village Group will meet in the church house. Help needed. We are in a need for a few more people to help with the trunk or treat. Please call the church office or email Cynthia at thevillage.net or connect on via flock note. Um, and then on August 31st, we have music practice. September 4th, we welcome Dr. Thad James to our pulpit. And there will not be SEC after the service. And on the 5th, the church is closed, and, oh, this is just our thing. Okay. Yeah, thank you.
lift him up. Can you give him a hand clap of praise this morning? He's worthy of all of our praise. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. Just an awesome day to be here in the house of the Lord with uh, our brothers and sisters together. And uh, I, I do want to thank again Patience for all that she does here, particularly in the music and our musicians. Uh, it's just awesome to come here and uh, worship. It's so easy to do. Um, let's go to the Lord in a time of prayer. Father God, we all come here uh, from different places, from different walks of life, different experiences, different joys, different pains. But we all come here to be with you. You are the author and the perfecter of our faith. You sent your son into this world to live the life we could not live, to die the death that we deserved. And then through his uh, atoning sacrifice to rise from the dead and we can be with you forever. Father, I just praise you that, yes, you created everything that there is. There's nothing that exists that you did not create Yet, you entered into our world through your son Jesus, stepped into this, the muck and the joy of our existence to become not only God, but also man. So, Father, we just thank you for who you are and what you've done. We recognize that you are our light in this dark world that you're our salvation, that you are our goodness, and that that goodness runs after us, as we sang just a minute ago. You pursue us even when we can't pursue you. So, Father, help us. Help us to bend that knee to you. Help us to Allow your spirit to penetrate us and out of that overflow of your spirit to serve one another. Help us to truly be broken people who come together to embrace and extend your love. These things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our confession of sin comes from 2 Timothy 2.16. But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Let's just have a moment of silent confession as we confess our sin to God.
Our assurance of pardon also comes from Second Timothy. But God's firm foundation stands, bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Our scripture reading today is John 8, verses 1 through 11. Please stand if you're able for the reading of God's word. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placed her in the midst. They said to her, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away, one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. This is the word of God. Good morning, TVC Saints. Glad to be back with you all. Thank you for praying for me and my family as we had our battle with COVID. So we're all healing and recovering. So thank you so much for uh, your prayers. We are going to have uh, some new members take their vows today. Uh, one student would take his vows and um, some adults would take theirs. So I would like to invite the, the adults up front so they can receive their Membership vows. Don't be shy. So if I can have y'all stand right here, I think that'll be good. So uh, each of these folks have been through our Inner the Village class, and that is the class that we ask um, uh, everyone to go through if uh, when they want to join the church or if you want to learn more about the church. We also um, encourage you to go uh, through the end of the village class. So uh, there are five vows that our class is centered around. And so I'm going to ask each of you those same membership vows, and you can respond with uh, yes or I do. Question one, do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure and without hope and save in his sovereign mercy? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the Savior of sinners? And do you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel? Do you now resolve and promise in humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit that you will endeavor to live as become followers of Christ? Do you promise to support the church in its worship and work to the best of your ability? And lastly, do you submit yourselves to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace? 
Welcome to TVC, Saints. <laughs> After the service today, please give these new members a right hand of fellowship, and welcome to the TVC. Thank you all. <laughs> now I would like to invite Nathan Smith up. <laughs> all right, so for our students, we have an inner-the-village inner class for kids, and so Nathan was one of the students that went through the class, and we're going to ask him some membership vows that are similar to the adults, but we, 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 we rewrote those basically for the kids. So, Nathan, you can respond with yes. Question one, do you agree that your sin does not please God and that without Jesus you have no hope? Do you know, love, and believe in Jesus, and do you depend upon him alone to save you from your sins? Will you follow Jesus wherever he leads you, and will you live in a way that pleases him, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Will you serve Jesus in the worship and work of his church to the best of your ability? And will you obey your leaders and submit to them as they obey and submit to Jesus? Welcome, Nathan. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you, okay? Father, I want to pray um, a pastoral blessing over young Nathan. I pray blessings over him as he grows in his faith. I pray that you will lead him to a deeper level of what it means to, that, that, to know that you love him and that there's nothing he can do to earn that love. And so I pray, Lord, for growth in his faith, and I pray for the challenges he will face in life, that he will never forget that you are Emmanuel for him all the days of his life. And I pray blessings over him in Christ's name. Amen. Welcome, Nathan. <laughs> All right, so if you please stand, we have one more song.
prayer of supplication, and that is a time for you to bring to the Lord any needs that you may have or also to intercede on behalf of, of those in your life that you know have different needs that they need the Lord to provide for. So please join me as we go to the Lord now and bring to him our prayers of supplication. Lord Jesus, thank you that you you know everything that we need. You see us as we are. You see everything that we go through. And so we 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 come and pray to you knowing that truth. And we're not praying to a God who is silent or deaf. We're praying to the God who hears all the prayers of his people at the same time. And he recognizes each of their voices at the same time. So, Lord, you know what we're dealing with, the sicknesses that we're dealing with, the financial issues that we're dealing with, uh, the broken relationships that we're dealing with. We pray that you heal. We pray that you bring reconciliation. We pray for those who are tired and, and just can't seem to find any peace and rest. I pray that you will give them rest. Give them peace. We pray for those who in our congregation who may be lonely and frustrated. I pray that you will meet them in that loneliness and, and bring the, the brothers and sisters you know, to come alongside of them, to just be there with them, to show that they're not alone. I do continue to want to pray for our brother Larry and Mary Lou, that you continue to watch over them and bless them in their time of need. I pray for our leadership that you give us wisdom. Help us to lead out of humility. Help us to be willing to admit mistakes and, and pursue righteousness. Help us to be able to communicate well and to listen well, Lord. And Lord, I pray and praise you for this body. Praise you for those who in our congregation have worked through conflict together for the peace and purity of our church. I thank you, Lord, for those who, who serve of their time and, and talents and treasure. There are many people in our congregation who are serving in more than one way, and so I thank you for them, Lord. And I pray that you protect them from burnout. Father, this is your church. These are your people. We are your bride. And I know that nothing that we go through in this body and nothing that we go through in our individual lives, it catches you off guard. Help our unbelief. I know some of us, we just had to drag ourselves in here today. But, Lord, we're here. We're dealing with things. We're tired and maybe depressed, maybe weary, maybe feeling just broken, not feeling good enough. I pray that wherever we are today, Holy Spirit, that you will meet us there. And remind us that Jesus is good enough for us in whatever we're dealing with. Remind us that we don't have to earn what he has already purchased for us. Remind us that, that, that you know that we are but dust and that you know that we fall short. You know that we're not perfect. You know that we make mistakes. You know that we still struggle with sin. We, we, you see the depths of our heart and that you still love us the same, as one song says. 
We are your beloved, beloved daughters, beloved sons. And we will forever have your favor, even in the midst of your fatherly discipline. And Lord, I pray for all this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. If you have your your Bible, please open it to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Village Church uh, 2.0 is about discipleship. And that's one of the things I said you know, a few weeks ago before well, I got taken out by COVID. And so this Village Church 2.0, it invites you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And it also explains what a disciple of Jesus Christ looks like at the Village Church. So what does a TVC disciple look like? First, a TV disciple looks like the mission. Looks like the mission. And I preached on that a couple weeks ago. TV disciples, uh, TVC disciples know Jesus through saving faith. TV disciples enjoy Jesus through an intimate and personal relationship with him. And TVC disciples glorify Jesus with their lifestyle. That's what a TVD disciple looks like here. Know Jesus, enjoy Jesus, glorify Jesus. That's it. And secondly, a TVC disciple looks like division. This means TVC disciples are broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Are you aware of your own brokenness? Do you want to come together with other broken people? Now, that may sound, before you answer that question, please know if you say yes to that second question, you also need to know what you're welcoming into your life. Mess. Issues. Drama. Hurt feelings. Conflict. Can we embrace Jesus' love for ourselves? And can we extend that same love to other people? People within our community and people outside these walls. Again, before you answer those questions, we need to dive deeper once again into Village Church 2.0. And and this time we're going to dive deeper into uh, the vision of our church. So before I move forward, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to now bless the preaching of the word. Please join me. Holy Spirit, we, you are the God who lives in us. And as such, you are the reason why we understand scripture. You are the reason why we grow in grace. You are the reason why we live by faith and not sight. You are the reason that we understand scripture. You're the reason that that we can love other people. You're the reason that we can love the Father and the Son. You are the reason. Anything that we do for the kingdom, you're the reason that we're doing it. It's not us. And you are the one who brings us and draws us into worship. You do that. That's your role. That your role in our lives as, as God in us. 
So, Holy Spirit, as, the, as we go into the preaching of the word, my prayer is that you will, you will let these words penetrate my heart and my soul and also the hearts and souls of everyone here and, and those who may be tuning in online. So will you please do this for our good and for the glory of our Savior. Amen. In John chapter 8, Jesus goes to the Jewish temple to teach. But he is interrupted by some of the scribes and Pharisees. These religious leaders then bring and place before Jesus a, a woman who has been caught in the sin of adultery. They, they say to Jesus, teacher, uh, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law of Moses, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? These scribes and these Pharisees are testing our Savior. They're, they're, they're hoping he answered the question in such a way that they might bring a charge uh, uh, against him, like church discipline. That's what they're trying to do. But Jesus doesn't answer their question. Instead, he, he bends down on the ground and he begins to write with his finger on the ground. And these religious leaders, they don't stop. They, they continue to, to ask Jesus. They continue to press him. They want him to say what he thinks should happen to the sister before him. Jesus finally stands up and he says to them, let him who, with the, who is without sin among you be the first to stone her. Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. After these words, Jesus once again bends down and writes on the ground. Like Jesus is a great a comedian. He drops the mic and bends down and starts playing in the dirt. But these religious leaders, they didn't expect this type of answer from Jesus. They didn't expect Jesus to turn the situation around on them. Jesus' words caused all of them to walk away one by one, beginning with the older ones and the younger ones. Why are they walking away? Because they know they are not without sin. They wrong. And after they leave, Jesus, again, comedian, he stands up and says, woman, where are they? Like, Jesus, you know those guys are gone. Has no one condemned you? He says, she says, no, my Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, continue, do not continue to live in sin. This event from the life of Jesus serves as an example of the first phrase in our vision. That's broken people. Broken people. And please understand that Christian discipleship, when it's done right, does not turn you into a self-righteous Pharisee. Christian discipleship, when it's done right, will not turn you into a self-righteous Pharisee. It won't turn you into a stone-throwing Pharisee who condemns others. TV disciples are not Pharisees. TV disciples are broken people. Well, I guess I'll 
Got to put everything in Are you a Pharisee or are you broken? Okay. TV disciples are not Pharisees. That's not what we're producing. TV disciples are broken people. And, and, and I know what some of you are saying. You're like, why am I broken? Pastor, I'm a Christian. Christians aren't broken people. We have overcome in Jesus' name, right? We're more than conquerors in Jesus' name, right? No weapons formed against us can prosper in Jesus' name, right? So get it right, Pastor. I'm trying. I'm trying to get it right. You see, brokenness is a common experience among all people, for Christians and for non-Christians. And this brokenness isn't what Psalm 51, 17 says, like the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. That this brokenness is it's like the woman who is caught in the, in the act of adultery in John 9. This brokenness means all TVC disciples have issues. That's what it means. It means all TVC disciples struggle with real sin. It means all TVC disciples go in and out of life troubles. That's what it means. We're imperfect. I'm, in, I'm an imperfect pastor. I make mistakes. I may say things that hurt you. I may do things that hurt you. And when that happens, just come to me. And we'll make it right. We all make mistakes. No one here has it all together. Now, you may look that way on Facebook. You may look that way today. But if I was a fly that followed you around, I would see you just pretending to have it all together. We don't have it all together. And for you young people, don't live your faith trying to pretend like you have it all together. It's okay to say, I got issues. Each of us are dealing with some kind of brokenness in our life. Broken relationships, broken dreams, broken body, past past pains and discouragements and, and poor health and financial problems and consequences from unwise decision or substance abuse or infertility or sexual addictions or death of a parent or issues at school. The list goes on and on and on. But now brokenness needs to be nuanced because everyone is broken, but all brokenness ain't equal. Well, some people are more broken than others. But what do you mean about that, Pastor Allen? You see, some people have been sinned against by other people in heinous ways. And that adds to their brokenness. Domestic abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, child abuse, discrimination, trauma, parental abandonment, being bullied at school. Those things add to a person's brokenness. And I can go on and on, but you get the point. The brokenness we face and experience as believers is real. The brokenness of of other people is real. It doesn't matter if you are an adult, if you are a teen, if you are a preteen or a child. Brokenness does not discriminate. It's an equal opportunist when it comes to messing up our life. The question is, are you honest about it? Are you honest about it? All the disciples at this church are broken. The pastor's broken. 
the elders are broken, the deacons are broken, the women shepherds are broken, the deacon assistants are broken, the church staff is broken, the women ministry leadership team, they're broken, lay leaders are broken, all members are broken. And if we ever forget that, that's going to be an issue. There are no perfect churches. That there's churches that are honest about their brokenness and those that are not. At this point, you might be feeling a little hopeless. You might be wondering, is healing and restoration and deliverance even possible, Pastor? Yes, healing and restoration and deliverance are possible. And hope does not fade away. Not talking about hard stuff and pretending it doesn't exist is, is fake. It's not real. You can't expect to have genuine community if we're not going to talk about the fact that we're all broken people. So, beloved, you don't have to let your brokenness define you either. You don't have to let your soul be the grave that you bury your brokenness in. And brokenness doesn't mean unlovable, okay? It doesn't mean disposable. Doesn't mean undesirable. Doesn't mean unforgivable. Brokenness is a reminder of your constant need for Jesus. That's what it reminds you of. That we're not in heaven yet. I'm in already not yet. And in that, my life is on this side of heaven is never going to be what it's going to be. You get the taste of what's to come, but the buffet and the banquet is still to come. And so in the meantime, on this side of glory, you get to, as believers, you take your broken places to Jesus. When he reveals these things in you, it's not to condemn you. That's the enemy. It's to convict you. It's to lead you to a deeper level of repentance. It's to, to just say, Lord, yes, I still need grace. Yes, I still need you. Again, Christian discipleship. Do you want it to make you into a Pharisee? Or do you think it's just going to reveal how much more you need Jesus? That's what it should do. That you're never going to arrive. You're never going to arrive. You're never going to get to a place where, yeah, I've graduated from the school of Christ. Now y'all can sit at my feet and learn from me. No. No. That's not Christian discipleship. That's not. And if you don't have saving faith in Jesus, he invites you to come and receive him. All you have to do is just acknowledge your brokenness and your need of him, confess him as Lord and Savior, and surrender to him in faith. And he will never turn you away. He will never cast you out. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And it saved those who are crushed in spirit. Do you believe that? Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. That's what God does for you as his beloved, as his broken sons and broken daughters. 
Remember the African proverb that I said a few weeks ago. It says, he who loves you, loves you with your dirt. Jesus loves you with all your dirt, with all your brokenness. But do you believe that? Or do you think you got to fix yourself and then you'll be worthy enough to come before his presence? No, you'll never be worthy enough. You'll never be worthy enough. You can't fix yourself. You can't fix your own brokenness. You can't fix your own trauma. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. So we don't have to hide our brokenness behind spiritual talk and Christian knees. We can be honest with Jesus and with others and with ourselves. We can even reach out to, to professional help if, if, that's, if that's what you needed to get healing and freedom. As your pastor, I'm super encouraged to see that among our body, I believe there is a growing self-awareness of our own brokenness, issues, pain, and sin struggles. And that's a great thing. And that's a good thing. And this growing self-awareness is helping us live the first part of our vision. And that is broken people. That is broken people. And please hear this, saints. The Spirit can use this growing self-awareness to produce in us empathy and compassion for one another as mutually broken people. Please hear that. The Spirit can use this growing self-awareness about our own issues to produce in us empathy and compassion for one another as mutually broken people. But do y'all believe it? Do I believe it? It's been hard believing it for me the past two weeks. Self-awareness about your own brokenness, it helps you respond to other broken people with empathy and compassion. Because you're either, you either going to be a Pharisee when it comes to other broken people, Oh, you're going to be like the woman calling adultery. What say you? In the life of this church, how are you going to function? A broken disciple or a Pharisee? Those are our options. And how, are we, how can we function within the life of this body? Angie Thomas, the author of The Hate You Give, says, once you have seen how broken someone is, it's like seeing them naked. You can't look at them the same anymore. Think about what she's saying. Once you've seen how broken someone is, it's like seeing all of who they are. And you can't look at that person the same again. That should, and I believe that's what the Spirit is doing in our congregation, that when he brings broken people together in Christ, we get to a place where we don't see each other the same anymore. We look at each other with empathy and, and compassion as opposed to judgment and condemnation or as opposed to people I got to compete with, compare myself with. We see each other as mutually broken people who need Jesus and who need one another. Who need one another. Those words lead to the second phrase in our vision, which is coming together. TVC disciples are mutually broken people who come together. 
And what do I mean by coming together? According to dictionary.com, this phrase coming together has three possible meanings. First, come together means to join in other to do something. Second, it means different parts combining to make something good or effective. And third, coming together means to start working on something successful, successfully together with other people. So what does those definitions mean for TVC disciples? First, it means TVC disciples come together as an intercultural body of Christ. TVC disciples come together as an intercultural body of Christ. That's the village church. We're not just going to be a church with white people, black people. We're going to be a church with all types of people from all walks of life. And we come together. We come together. The TVC disciples don't all come from the same generation, ethnicity, economic status, gender, nationality, or political views. There's diversity there. And that and if and if we can't get past that, if you can't get past that, you're gonna have a hard time being here. If you can't accept that, TV disciples come together to be in the culture of body of Christ, then you will have a hard time being here. Romans 12, 5 says, So in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Just as there's the body is one and many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are baptized into one body. Greeks and slaves and Jews and free are all made one to drink of one spirit. See, there's diversity among TVC disciples, and they come together to do life in healthy ways. In healthy ways. Second, TVC disciples come together to connect with one another and to serve one another. What do I mean by connect and express? It's seen in Philippians uh, chapter 2, and the message Bible says, if you have gotten anything out of all the following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in the community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. A deep-spirited friend. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push away to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside. Help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantages. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. That's what it means for us to come together to connect and to serve one another. So where do TV disciples connect with each other? They connect in our connect ministries, our worship gathering, our village groups, women's ministry, men's ministry, village uh, youth, village kids, first steps, nursery, corporate prayer, our Sunday equipping classes, and the end of the village class for kids and students. Those are ways in which we give you opportunities to connect with one another. Do we participate in that? And I think we are, and that's a great thing. These ministries give TVC disciples and potential disciples the opportunity to build connection and relationships with each other. It's just an opportunity. Now, I can't make you be friends with each other, okay? I can't. 
the elders camp, the women's shepherds camp. All we can do is create ministry opportunities to put you in the same space with one another. And we're hoping that as you grow to those spaces, connections will be made. Relationships can begin to be built. Brene Brown says, I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they give and receive without judgment, and when they, de- de- and when they derive substance and strength from the relationship. That's what we're hoping and I believe is taking place here. That type of connection. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to have connection with everybody in our church. That's just impossible. But you've got to be connected with somebody in true friendship and relationship. That's healthy. TV disciples are mutually broken people who come together to connect with each other, and they come together to serve one another. Galatians 6.10 says, So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So where do TVC disciples serve each other? Again, that's, they go to our serve ministries, the nursery, the safety team, mercy and benevolence, our music ministry, our media team, our welcome team, village kids volunteer, youth ministry team, lead servants. Like these are just some of the, 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 the ministries that give you the opportunity to serve your body, your, your other believers here at TVC, to be a blessing to the body. The late Muhammad Ali says, service to others is the rent you pay for your room on earth. And the TVC disciples joyfully pay that rent by coming together to serve one another. So when you're serving in our ministries, you're not just taking up a spot. That is you being a blessing to your brothers and sisters in Christ within this church. Third, TVC disciples embrace and extend Jesus' love. They're broken, they come together, and now they embrace and extend Jesus' love. And what do I mean by Jesus' love? It refers to the way Jesus loves you. How does he love you? How does Jesus love you? His love is more than, than a Hallmark card. It's more than sentimental words and good intentions. He loves you with actions that are unconditional and sacrificial. In John fifteen thirteen, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus lays down his life Literally, for you at Calvary on the cross, in order to save your life, in order to rescue you from the wrath of God because of sin, in order to cleanse you from sin. He loves you. His love for you is truly unconditional and sacrificial. And Jesus also loves you in a way that holds you accountable. Think about that. His love corrects you and it disciplines you. Hebrews 12 says, my dear children, don't... Don't, don't shrug off the God's discipline. Do not be crushed by it either. It is the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. You see that type of love? That's the way Christ loves you. TVC disciples 
embrace Jesus' love by resting in it daily. A love that's unconditional and a love that even corrects us. You rest in that. You remind yourself of that. You preach that truth to yourself daily. And there, again, there will be times when you don't believe that. There were times this week when I didn't believe it. So I had to reach out to, to the elders and say, hey, I'm struggling. Remind me that Jesus loves me. So you have to daily preach the gospel to yourself. Because how can you extend this love if you don't embrace it for yourself first? Again, you're not giving people your love. You're giving them the love that you receive from Christ. And as you, and if you're not growing in that, how can you truly love other people? If you struggle believing that God loves you with a love that will never let you go, with a love that reaches down for you, a love that meets you where you are, how often have you really prayed and meditated on the ways that Christ loves you? When was the last time you meditated on that? When the last time you thought about that? When was the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to help you embrace it? Not when life is going well. We all can embrace it when life is well. Have you asked the Holy Spirit to help you embrace it when life is hard and disappointing? When your feelings are hurt? When life is hurt, hurt hard? When there's conflict in your life? Have you asked the Holy Spirit, help me embrace the fact that even though I feel like crap, even though my life is cramped, Jesus still loves me. Help me embrace that. And sometimes he'll send someone into your life to remind you. It can, be, it, it can even be a quote. It, shoot, it can even be something you see on TV. Either way, he will come and answer that prayer if you ask him. If you ask him. There will be times when TVC disciples have a hard time believing that Jesus loves them, likes them, and accepts them. The storms of unbelief, it settles over our life at any given moment. And that's when you need the presence of other brothers and sisters in this church to come to be with you. And your siblings in the faith, they can remind you of Jesus' love. And they can do it with words. And they can do it with silence. They can. One hymn says, O love that would not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe. That in thy ocean depths its flow may richer full of be. O joy that seeks me through pain. I cannot close my heart to thee. I, I trace the rainbow through the rain. And I feel the promise is not vain. That morn shall tearless be. That's the way he loves you. A love that will not let you go. TVC disciples embraces a love that will not let them go, and they also extend that same love to other people. TVC disciples extend Jesus' love to one another, and they extend that love to people outside this community. This means TVC disciples seek to love sacrificially. They seek to love in ways that correct and discipline and hold each other accountable. 1 John 3.16 says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, 
And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. TVC disciples, extend Jesus' love by laying down their lives for one another and for other people. People in this church and outside this church. People who look like you, people who look different than you. And please understand, a love that will not let you go, please understand that, that, that this love does not, at least to you laying down your life, isn't necessarily talking about death. It could be, but it's not always talking about that. One Christian writer says, love is the willingness to surrender that which has value for your own life to enrich the life of another. Love is the willingness to surrender that which has value for your own life to enrich the life of another. Are we willing to lay aside certain privileges, rights, pleasures, habits, possessions, status, or wherever in order to enrich the life of a brother and sister in our church? Can we love this way across gender lines? Can we love this way across ethnic lines? Can we love this way across generational lines? It's harder than you think. But Jesus expects us to love others this way. How many of you saying right now, come on, Pastor Alex. I love everybody at TVC. I get along with all of our church family. Really? Are you sure about that? C.S. Lewis says, it's easier to be enthusiastic about humanity with a capital H than it is to love individual men and women, especially those who are uninteresting, irritating, depraved, and otherwise unattractive. Loving everybody in general may be an excuse for loving nobody in particular. Who do you particularly love in our blended family? Who do we particularly love? Look around the sanctuary. Look at the people on your row. Who do we particularly love? Can we name the people that we love within our body? For saying we love everybody at TVC in general may be an excuse for us for loving nobody in particular within our body. So TVC disciples extend Jesus' love by loving particular people inside of our church and outside of our church. Our love should have a face and name attached to it. So what can it look like for TVC disciples to extend Jesus' love to particular members in our body? First, TVC disciples extend Jesus' love by actively listening to one another. Now, if you want to take notes, I'm going to give you things to take notes, but this is all practical. TV disciples, they stand Jesus' love by actively listening to one another. This is listening to understand, not listening to fix and respond. Listening for understanding. James 1, 19 and 20 says, Let everyone be quick to hear and slow to, and slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. TV disciples that stand Jesus' love by actively listening to one another. 
So when someone comes to you want to chat, when someone comes to you want to share something, listen for understanding, not to fix, not correct, not to respond. Second, TVDC disciples extend Jesus' love by bearing one another's burdens. By bearing one another's burdens. Galatians 6, 2 said, bear one another's burdens so you fulfill the law of Christ. So TVC disciples, you show up for each other in, 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 in our financial burdens, in our family burdens, in our mental burdens, or our personal burdens, or medical burdens. So it means we show up for one another. You, you just be there. Again, it's not to fix. It's to show up to show that you care. The ministry of presence is a wonderful thing. If I'm down and depressed, I just need someone to show up. Not quoting Bible verses, but just show up to be with me. That's sharing one another's burdens. Again, broken people who in a church who are broken and know they're broken, they do this. You got burdens you're carrying. Who have you allowed in those burdens with you? Listen, we all have a circle of trust. This is what my counselor, I learned this from my counselor. Everybody's church ain't gonna be, is, should not be in your circle of trust. But some people in this church need to be there. So who is in your circle of trust that you allow into the brokenness and burdens of your life? If your answer is no one, then I will advise you to go do business with Jesus and ask him to help you build deeper connections with people in our church. Not everybody, but certain people. Third, TVC disciples embrace and extend Jesus' love by keeping short accounts with each other. If you don't remember nothing else I said from this sermon, you need to remember this one. Say it with me. TVC disciples... Extend Jesus' love by keeping short accounts with each other. Okay. You have to, as I said earlier, if when broken people, if broken people come together, there's certain things you should expect to happen when you come together with broken people. At some point, you're going to get your feelings hurt. It's just a matter of time. The honeymoon phase of this church ends quickly. At some point, someone's going to sin against you, going to say something insensitive. It's going to happen. At some point, you're going to be in conflict with someone in this church, the leadership or another member. It's going to happen. But when it happens, how are you going to deal with it? There's no way to build a community that's free of conflict. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie The Village. They tried to do that in that movie. And what happened? It doesn't work. Because of sin always shows up. We can leave this church and go on the island on the other side of the world because we don't want to be in the world. Guess what's going to show up there? Eventually, you're going to piss somebody off. And the same things you left is going to show up there. Because we're broken people. And so as broken people, we have to keep short accounts with one another. We do. Keeping short accounts is our mantra here. It's something that we talked about when we first started the church. We have to keep short accounts. When you're trying to blend together, put it this way, even if I was in an all-black church, I would have issues because people are broken. 
Now you're trying to blend people from different cultures, different backgrounds, different political views. What do you think? you think that stuff is easy? That's hard to do. But it's still beautiful. But you can't romanticize cross-cultural ministry. And I think we do. <laughs> we romanticize it. We quote Revelation 7, 9. I keep telling people, that's heaven. And we ain't in heaven. That's heaven. That's what it's going to be. But we get the taste of that now. But in that process, it's hard. And my, 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 one of my good friends, Kelly Brown, says, one of the problems with, with how we talk about church in America is that we don't talk about church as being more like marriage is what it really is. Because in marriage, you know it ain't easy. You know there's conflict. You know there's hard feelings. But in a marriage, you don't just don't get mad, pick up your stuff and leave. You work it out. And so in our church, keeping short accounts, this is us working it out. It's us coming to that reconciliation table and working it out. Everybody at some point thinks about leaving this church. Everybody. If you haven't, you really ain't trying to do life here. It's going to cross everybody's mind. But we stay because we feel called. We stay because we know that in family, there are always going to be issues. So keeping short accounts, that means you come to your brother or sister who wounds you. It's the Matthew 18 model. You come to them and, and say, hey, when you said this, it made me feel this way. Again, when you do that, that's love. When someone hurts you and you say, oh, I'm good, that is not love. You need to understand that. If I wound you, you love me by coming to me, and vice versa. But, it, but you do it in a way that's realizing that we're both mutually broken and we both need Jesus. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So what's the goal of this keeping short accounts? It's, it's repentance, forgiveness, and reconciliation. That's what we're hoping that will take place. These are things that you have to practice. It's all, it'll always be easier to leave when things go a certain way that you don't like. It's easier to leave. But at some point, if you're going to put down your roots in the community, you've got to stay and work it out. My encouragement to each of us, let's stay and work it out. And a lot of you have stayed and worked it out. And I'm grateful for that. Grateful. Fourth, TBC disciples extend Jesus' love by giving each other the benefit of the doubt. It's so easy to believe the worst about each other's intentions and motives. It's so easy. It's so easy to assume uh, we have bad motives and intentions by the things that we do. So can we give each other the benefit of the doubt? Can we assume the best of one another? 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says, Love bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. As brothers and sisters, can we give each other the benefit of, of the doubt? Can we do that? Finally, TBC disciples extend Jesus' love by thinking for each other as they engage on social media. TBC disciples, extend Jesus' love 
are thanking for each other as they engage on social media. Definitely around election time. And that is unique to our church. Because, again, if you're trying to blend people from different cultures together, no way to mess that up is by how we behave on social media. It'll mess things up. So we got to thank for one another. And my wife had to help me with that. Because at one point during, you know, during the, the Obama's election, when he got elected, I, mean, I was posting a whole bunch of stuff saying this and saying that, and my wife had to pull me to the side. She's like, hey, you are a pastor of a multi-ethnic church. What about the people in your church who don't see the things the way you see things? I said, you know what? I haven't thought about that. And it changed the way that I interact on those platforms. And I try to be mindful when I share and post stuff now because I don't have the freedom to just say what I want to say on those platforms because I got to stand up here and be your pastor. I got to do life with you. And I got to love you even on those platforms. And, and that should, we should do that for one another. And so John, John, 1 John 3.18 says, Let us not love with word and talk only, but in deed and in truth. Think about your brothers and sisters who might see politics and government and social issues differently than you do before you post or share something. Because it can create unnecessary issues. M.A.K. once says, love is creative and redemptive. Love builds up and unites. Hate tears down and destroys. The aftermath of the fight with fire method, which you suggest is bitterness and chaos, the aftermath of the love method is reconciliation in the creation of the beloved community. Physical force can repress and restrain and destroy, but it cannot create and organize anything permanent. Only love can do that. Yes, love, which means understanding, creative, and redemptive good will. TVC disciples aim to make MIK words here within our beloved community a reality. Not hate, but love, reconciliation, and the creation of a beloved community. And that's what I believe the Holy Spirit is doing within this church since the very beginning of it. He's making us that type of beloved community so we can rejoice and praise him and have great expectations as we move forward through the rest of this year and the years to come. God is at work in our church. Even though it's hard, he's at work. Let us pray. Jesus, you are Emmanuel, God with us, Spirit, you are God who lives in us. And as the God who lives in us, I pray that you will continue to mold this little body more and more into the image of Christ, that you will continue to shape and draw us closer together, that you continue to give us the humility and the patience and the kindness that we need to really do life together. And I thank you for the ways in which that reality is already happening within the life of our church. 
Amen. As I look back, Lord, all I can see your fingerprints over this body because you have been good to us. You have been faithful to us. And I know as we move forward through the rest of this year and the years to come, your faithfulness will still remain, Lord. You will not remove it. And so I pray that you will bless us, sustain us, equip us, and draw us closer to your heart and draw us closer together as broken people coming together to embrace and extend your love. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Saints, will you please stand as we close our service. service we have our Sunday equipping classes for all ages I hope that you can join us for that uh,
pray for me and my family. I'll be in Atlanta next weekend for denominational work with the Presbyterian Church in America. So please pray for our safe travels. And I do want to call the women shepherds and elders up. I want us to pray over patience because she's going to be away for some time of rest uh, for the next couple of months. And so I want us to pray over her and her time. So women shepherds, elders, can y'all come up? We're going to lay our hands on patience. And after uh, I pray, I will close us with a benediction. Father God, I want to pray blessings over your beloved daughter as she gets this time of rest and Sabbath rest away. I pray for renewal, restoration over her. Thank you for her leadership and the ways in which you have used her each Sunday to, to lead us into worship and her role on our staff and her presence. So she will be missed, but we will be praying for her that she would do a great work in her heart and her family during this time away. So watch over your daughter, sustain your daughter, and I pray for all of this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. 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 <laughs> yeah, so y'all make sure you give patience a hug on uh, her way out today. And also, right-handed fellowship to all of our new members. So we will be sharing with the congregation the, the plan for our worship as while patience is away. So we'll be looking for an email to come from the elders uh, at some point this week. So here's God's benediction to his beloved saints. Let me see if I can find it. See, I usually mark this stuff. And see, I didn't mark it this morning. Give me a minute. I know y'all ready to go. Well, I'm just going to give my own. God's, God's grace be with you all. All God's people said, amen. All right. <laughs>